It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mark My Words here on the Life Coach Radio Network. I'm Mark Shaw, broadcasting live this evening from New York City. I'm a certified life and business coach, and twice per month I host the Mark My Words show, which is a life coaching-oriented radio show where I interview various people with inspiring life stories of overcoming adversity. I also speak with authors of great coaching-related books and programs, as well as many others who've got some great things to say. And sometimes I coach listeners live who call in on the air. So tune in the first and third Sunday of every month. So as I bring us to tonight's topic, you know, there's an awakening that's happening on the planet, it seems, and this awakening can go really bad or it can go really, really well. So tonight we're going to be talking about a movement that has the intention and strong possibility, I believe, of making it go really, really well. Yeah, there's a lot of energy and momentum right now on both sides of the political aisle. And our electorate is more motivated and involved than ever before, it seems. So how can we channel this energy in an effective way and come together to really solve the real problems that matter instead of just fighting and ending up polarized? The Beyond Polarization Project seeks, us, seeks to help us do exactly that. And its founder, Charlie Rebick, is a mindfulness and communications coach, a practicing mediator and facilitator, and political consultant. More importantly, He's the founder of this incredible project and brings with him over 20 years of experience in meditation and teaching mindfulness as recently launched the Beyond Polarization Project. It's a project designed to help individuals and communities learn the personal and communication skills to get beyond the divisiveness of our current times and create solutions in a future that works for everyone. And I'm really delighted to have him on the show as we explore how to talk about politics without having a political discussion. Charlie, welcome to Mark My Words. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. Really appreciate it and, and really happy to be here. Great. Well, I'm delighted that you're here, too, because this is a, uh, a topic that is near and dear to my heart as well as a coach, as I always help to teach people to communicate, and I'm always interested in more tools to teach people how to do that. So uh, I'm very excited to, uh, to be chatting with you tonight to hear what it is that, uh, that you do and what you have to say. And we invite callers to, uh, or listeners to call in and participate. The call-in number, if you'd like to call in with a question, is 646-716-9397. And, of course, there's also the chat room uh, on the the site. Uh, So if you are logged into the show and you'd like to go into the chat room and chat with each other, feel free to do that. So, uh, great. So, Charlie, let's, let's start by outlining a little bit about the problem that we're actually talking about here, which, of course, is polarization. Let's define that uh, in the context mm-hmm. of what we're speaking about here. Yeah. Well, it's like as you said, I really appreciated your intro, Mark. And 
these are perhaps some of the most polarized political times that we've ex ever experienced in this country, at least in, in the modern era. There's always been polarization and you know, two, we've had a two-party system where with Democrats and Republicans um, and really holding these different ends of the political spectrum uh, with different values. And, and, and there's always been more or less a balance between those two. Um, but what's happened in recent years is this polarization where there's very little crossover between the two sides. And that's usually the definition for, the, for polarization. It used to be that sometimes you would get Democrats to maybe vote on lowering taxes for the wealthy, or you would get Republicans voting for um, you know, you know, welfare programs. And there was a lot more mix. It wasn't quite so polarized. But really beginning, I mean, it's been, it's been, uh, uh, been happening increasingly over the last 20 years um, with Democrats and under Bush and with Republicans under Obama, um, where the sides just don't meet anymore. And even any kind of um, reaching across the aisle becomes really frowned on or really punished. So it's become really difficult mm -hmm. for Republicans to reach across the Democrats and Democrats to reach across the Republicans. And we've just gotten into this, this mess where we can't talk to each other and we've gotten really, really out of balance um, as a country. Yeah. And, and, you know, I heard it said many years ago uh, that, and probably a good, a good 10 years ago even, that it used to be that Democrats and Republicans, they'd battle and debate in the halls of Congress all day long. And then at 5 p.m., they'd all high-five each other, shake hands, and, you know, go out for drinks together. Um, that's and right. that's just not happening anymore, and it hasn't happened in, in, you know, in such a long time. And, and that polarization, uh, it seems to me, I can certainly see this in my life um, and the lives of many others, has, has gone beyond uh, uh, the politicians and it's seeped into mm -hmm. American life. And, and I've seen, you know, recent, the recent election uh, has really polarized people. And, it, you know, it, it puts stress on families. It puts stress on personal friendships, uh, working relationships, client relationships. You know, when, uh, when somebody's in business, it, it seems that people start uh, making decisions about who to do business with based on some of this stuff. And uh, it can get really sticky. So uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad to hear that there's, that there's somebody like you out there specifically focusing uh, on this. So uh, right. yeah. tell us a little bit, how did, you, how did you get started on this journey? Um, I got started, I think this has been something I've been interested in for a really long time. I, I mean, that, what you just said last time, just with the pain that this has created, and also I, I think I realized that it's, it's also blocking us from really coming up really having solutions um, to the issues and, and problems we face in, in our country today. And, you know, 20, well, I'm giving away my age here, but, you know, over, over almost 30 <laughs> years ago, I guess it was 30 years ago, I, I in high school, um, I got really into politics. I was, I was fascinated by it. And I remember taking civics class where we had to, we got to be a mock Congress. And I mm -hmm. grew up in Berkeley, California. Um, and I joke sometimes that I was the, one of the only people in Berkeley to have a, a divided family, uh, where my mom was really liberal and my dad was really conservative. And, and I always felt like I was somewhere in the middle. I remember even the civics class, I decided to be a Republican, but a more uh, moderate Republican in the Congress. And it just, it just lit me up. I got so excited about politics and the possibility of creating solutions and, and all of that. But then 
you know, I, I, I also saw just a lot of the, the, you know, growing up in Berkeley as such a liberal place, I, I, I saw um, how out of balance certain people were in Berkeley, that there were people who were so liberal, and, and at the time it was, it was Reagan, and, and people just hated Reagan, and, but there wasn't, there wasn't a real reason for it. I mean, they didn't often have a real reason or, or what, was, what, was the, what, what they didn't like about him or his policies, and it was a lot of emotion. And I, I just, part of me just went, this, is, this isn't right. This, something's just crazy here. So, so I actually, when I got out of high school, I re- registered as a Republican. And I wanted to get out of Berkeley, and I went down to school in, in San Diego. Um, more, I wanted to be in a more conservative place, and I wanted to surf and, and uh, be a little bit part of the beach culture, get out of Berkeley. And I went down to San Diego, and then I really saw how out of balance it was on the conservative side. Um, and I got involved in student politics and government and saw so much ego in it and so much of this kind of polarization. Part of me just really took a big step aside and realized there's got to be a middle way here. There has just, there's got to be a middle way, a way of finding balance. And, and that really started me on my journey. That's when I started getting into mindfulness and then later into mediation and all the work that I've really done since then. Hmm. Great. Very interesting. Yeah. So, um, how you know, I'm curious about the media itself. How, how much do you feel the media drives the fear response that ultimately results in polarization? Mm-hmm. Well, that is the big thing, and I think you were you're alluding to that when we were talking about this problem in America today. And I, I think more and more people are are, are getting this. Um, but you know, the media. The media wants eyeballs, and the media wants us to look. I mean, that's always been this thing about the news, is that they often, I think, tend towards focusing on the negative and focusing on problems. And, you know, there have been studies in mindfulness that show that our brains have evolved to always be searching for danger. I found this out in studying uh, meditation. And the, the media loves to do that. They love to basically get us excited and get us activated and, uh, get our, a, a big response out of us so that we'll watch. And that's how they sell advertising. You know, that's, that's their business model. But I think in time what's happened is it's gotten, it's gotten more and more polarized in the media, and there have been some real active um, intentional policies done by certain media outlets um, that, that have really, really gone over to the extreme so that they're planting news stories that aren't, based in reality, even this whole fake news concept. Um, and we've gotten, that's really done a lot to, to, to get us more polarized, that, that fake news. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then yeah. how, comment a little bit um, on how this polarization uh, blocks us from really dealing with the real, the real issues. Mm-hmm. Well, mine is, you know, what I've really, what I've really gotten to, and this is, this is, a lot of this started, I believe, and I, I'm, I'm always cautious to say it because I, from the conservative side, is, is with a lot of what, um, especially Fox News and, and certain media outlets have done. And there's been a response on the liberal side as well, too, and liberals have been guilty of it as well. But there's been an intentional, um, I, I think intentional, sometimes intentional, sometimes not intentional, um, drive by the media to keep us into that fear response. And in, in mindfulness, mm-hmm. and how I've studied mindfulness, they talk about the amygdala or the reptilian brain. Um, mm-hmm. And in evolutionary stand and perspective, we all have this part of our brain that was our, our most primitive part of our brain called the amygdala. 
And it's a part of us when it gets triggered, when it gets activated from fear or danger response, we go into that fight, flight, or freeze response. And that's and that then when we do that, when we go into that fight, flight, freeze, I'm sure we've all experienced this when we get really upset about something, or something really happens that that scares us in some way, or we get really upset. It's some part right. of our brain is getting triggered like that. And when that happens, is it deactivates the rational part of our brain. So I'm sure we get that all part yeah. that whole piece of us like with like road rage. And when road rage mm-hmm. happens, how we can just kind of lose it. And that is more and more what's been happening in the media and, and really preventing us from dealing with the real issues. So we're not having conversations about the real issues, but you know, we're hearing about Obama's from Kenya and his birth certificate, right? Or we're right. you know, talking about um you know, Trump and his crazy hair. And I mean, I've, I've seen this on both sides with conservatives and liberals where we're not talking about anything but really getting into this name calling or, you know, issues that really, if we dig down, we find out there's, there's really nothing to them. But we're caught in this, this argument over um, fake, you know, we're, we're missing the point. And we're not, we're not having any kind of real conversation about what, what, what really is important and the things we really do care about. Um, and that's where sure. we've gotten, you know, and that's where we've gotten with this whole thing. And especially with this last election, um, and um, that I think we've really hit a, a boiling point with it now. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'll tell you, what's really scary about that for me is, you know, as I think about, um, you know, of course, I, I hate to even put it out there as a concept, but as I think about the concept of civil war, right, and I always wondered, mm-hmm. well, how could civil war happen? I mean, you know, if it's, if it's the government that's messed up, well, what's that got to do with the rest of us? Why would we all kill each other? But you know what? I'm beginning to see exactly how that could happen, um, you know, because when, you know, you walk down the street and somebody says something and people are just screaming at each other or friendships that end over this stuff, yeah, you know what? Mm-hmm. I could see how something like that can happen. And you know, that's why I, mm-hmm. I get very frustrated when, when you know, I get very passionate about this stuff. And sometimes there'll be people who go, oh, Mark, relax. It's just politics. I'm like, ah, ah, it's not just politics. <laughs> it's important. Right. Well, um, you know, as though well, it's like nothing more of, than a football game. Yeah, well, and that's, that's part of it, too. I'm just even hearing you speak about it. You know, that place where we get, noticing where we get extra worked up over it beyond what's really appropriate. That's usually what I mm-hmm. notice when we're in that fight, flight, freeze response. So, and I think there's just so much with the media and with the, the news. It's just like, you know, all this noise all the time and anxiety. And I've seen it here in California, you know, I've, I've, since, since the election. And um, we, we just get so worked up we, it's that we get into that place. And I, I've yeah. been yeah. amazed watching that happen. And, and like you're saying, it's been getting, we've been seeing it more and more and more um, since the election. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really have. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I'd love for you to share, when we were talking um, last week in prep for tonight's broadcast, uh, you told me about your meeting with Gavin Newsom and how that related to the, the, the concept of uh, uh, when you work with getting underneath the conversation about policy and getting to values and needs. Can you uh, share a little bit about that with us? Oh, that was great. I, I, um, I, I got to – I've done a bunch of different political work. Um, over the years, and, and after the election, I, I went to a small event and saw to see Gavin Newsom speak, um, and I, I found it fascinating, and I, I so appreciated what he said in his response to what he saw going on around this. And, and you know, Gavin Newsom, for those of you who don't know him, he's the lieutenant governor of California right now, and he was the mayor of San Francisco, and he's often been, I mean, he's very liberal, 
uh, and he's been caricatured and characterized as a, as a liberal and, and poked fun at by some, you know, some circles. Um, but what I so appreciated by Gavin is he really understood that we have gotten so far away from having real conversations about what really matters in this, in this country and having the ability to listen to each other and have empathy for each other and, 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 and be able to bridge divides to have real conversations. And what he said that really struck me was actually one of the things that, that is, um, I, this, this work I've been doing has been evolving it, but it really is one of the things that inspired me to, to launch this Beyond Polarization project uh, in its current form was we have this big driving forces of change that are happening in our, our culture that are disrupting our, our, our current culture that are having major effects on our society. And those major driving forces are continuing. This is, this is what he said. And he said there's three of them. Um, he said one is, is climate change. And while some people might, you know, I know in, in some conservative circles that, you know, people actually argue against climate change, that it's happening. But there's pretty much undeniable evidence that, that, some, that change is dramatically happening to the climate. I mean, it, it's, I, I defend that one, that, I, that the evidence is, is so undeniable that, that it's happening and that it's most likely man-made. I mean, I, it's, that, that's, that's what's happening. And it's having... It's already having, we're just beginning to see the effects that that's happening uh, worldwide and in terms of dramatic weather and changes in weather and an overall increasing of temperature on the planet. That's continuing and that's going to have an impact on us. That's going to have an impact on our whole society and, and, and our economy and everything. The second thing he said happening was that um, the economy is continuing to change and evolve. Um, that automation and uh, technology and we hear about now the coming of self-driving cars and automation, and, and we've seen this already. It's been going on for years of the, the loss of, of manufacturing and good middle-class, middle-income jobs in this country. Mm -hmm. And he said the Democrats have not done, done a good job of talking about that and addressing it and having a conversation about what we're going to do and, and, and how we're really going to um, solve, you know, look at this issue that's going on in the economy. And, and because we're, we're not, um, President Trump was, was very successful in talking about how we're going to bring back jobs uh, and what, we, what he's going to do about it, and, and, um, and which is really fascinating. Um, and then the third thing he said is all the social change that's happening, you know, the social liberalization. And, and the bottom line was he said these things, are, these, these things are happening, and they're creating a major disruption. And some people are, 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 you know, maybe for social change. Some people are against it. Maybe it brings up some anxiety, some fear for them. You know, all these issues around immigration and, and you know, like Gavin Newsom or not, the thing he said that I so love is we're not having these conversations about these issues. Mm -hmm. and, when we're, and, and, and unless we do, we're going to be really in big trouble. So we've got to start doing that. And, and we've got to retake that power from the media and polit politicians who are just keeping us divided. Um, and I think Democrats and Republicans sure. have both been really guilty of that. So that's what really stirred me in a lot of this movement was to help people, um, both uh, Republican and Democrat, to like, let's, like to be able to have real conversations. Um, yeah, and, I think and, and then I the think tools to do that. I think what's important, and you keep pointing it out, is it, it's you know it comes from both sides, um, and you know each mm -hmm. side likes to vilify the other side and say it's all their fault and it's all their fault. 
Um, and, you know, I've been guilty of the same thing when I get into some of these debates with people. Um, people that know me well know that this is the most difficult conversation for me to have is political conversations with people who disagree with me. My amygdala kicks in and I go from zero to, to uh, big jerk in about 10 seconds. Um, so I think both sides, though, it's got to come from both sides. It's not one side uh, that is the villain. Um, and... Uh, so I, I like how you emphasize that, which brings us to, okay, what do we do about it? And that's where your movement, the Beyond Polarization Project, comes in. But before we get there, we actually have a caller that just called in the line, and I'd like to take this caller's question. So uh, let's go ahead and do that. So uh, the caller from the 814 area code, thank you for calling Mark My Words. You're on the air. Hi, hello. Uh, this is uh, Greg from Pennsylvania. Hi, Greg. Hi. Yeah, I don't normally keep up that much on politics, but one of the issues that's been kind of hounded me for a while is just looking at the amount of miles that food travels to get where it's going. And, uh, you know, whether you believe that there's global warming or not, uh, I think, I think it's plain there has to be, you know, some type of conspiracy on why food travels so far. Back and forth, mm. you know, it's like it, it just it, it makes no sense whatsoever. The amount of fossil fuels, you know, I would almost think that a compost heated greenhouse would be way more fuel efficient than traveling food back and forth. Yeah, well, you know, I think that's really uh, that's an important issue, and that's something that the the uh, the folks who really favor clean energy and and being more green would certainly favor. Which is why a lot of people, uh, you know, prefer to buy at local farmers markets and and buy local and grow local, you know, so that the food doesn't have to travel and and leave a bigger carbon uh, footprint. Um, and uh, and then of course what you've got, and and I think this is. This is probably a business motivation as well as political. I think what you've got is the food industry uh, that benefits from all of that food traveling that, you know, they tend to outpower, outmaneuver, and outfinance the locals. And, uh, you know, they get to kind of hold the power and keep the system going that way because it benefits them. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and, you know, and it's funny because, Charlie, as I'm saying that, I hear myself kind of vilifying somebody in this picture automatically right? Maybe there's another way to have even that conversation. Well, I, I appreciate that. And I think that's, first of all, it's fine. You know, we, these, when we have conversations like that, we're going to have opinions and we're, and we're going to have ideas. And, and it's important to, to talk about those ideas, right? If we're trying to find solutions to that. And that's a, I have friends who are in, uh, you know, the, 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 the grow local economy and I worked on local economy stuff here in Oakland actually for a few years. So I, so I really understand the callers, uh, uh, concerns and I and I know those ones well, but but there is a piece there. What I what I love is 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 okay. What are the conversations that need to happen, or what are the steps that need to happen? So I think there's a piece. Sounds like from what Greg was saying is um, you know understanding more about this, doing doing more research and 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 study, uh, and also being being engaged. So while I'm very much for you know the work I do a lot of is is bridging divides and helping facilitate these conversations, I really encourage people to be engaged and get involved and get active. So if this is an issue that's of concern to you, Greg, around how, you know, this, this distance of food traveling, I, and maybe you are already, but, but get involved. 
and and um, you know be, pro, be be working out there. Um, I think it's I think it's really really important. Um, yeah, any, you uh, know, for for everybody, for everybody on, on whatever side of the issue that they're on. Yeah, yeah. Great. This summer, I'm I'm going to make my first attempt at. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a a chicken tractor, but uh, no. Uh, I it's kind of where you uh you have this movable chicken yard that's oh, more yeah. uh more humane than uh-huh. uh you know factory they're in mm-hmm. a reasonably close space but they have room the room uh, to move and you feed them they eat the grass plus the bugs they fertilize and then the next day you know you move the tractor to the next step and uh mm-hmm. I'm hoping that you oh, can great. basically re-landscape your yard for free not have to mow your grass and mm. um, I'm really, you know, I'm kind of crossing my fingers. I, I want to experiment yeah. with uh, some rabbits and I know that, I don't know if this is off the subject, but you can take from what I've read, you take a grass eating animal, like a rabbit, you feed it, you know, your uh, hay pellets, uh, whatever you can find. And then you can convert hopefully that, rabbit manure into black fly larvae and then you have a mm-hmm. high protein high uh, fat food for your chickens so in theory sure. i'm hoping i can raise rabbits for the most part naturally without very little feed give them a better healthier environment and get sure. almost all free chicken food you know fingers crossed well you know i wish you i i wish you really good luck with that i would say you know score one for sustainability there because um, that really sounds like uh, a good way to go so uh, i wish you the best of luck and thank you greg for the call i really appreciate your uh your listening to mark my words and thanks for calling in tonight um so great well that was a, that was a good uh, a good comment and question so let's let's get to um uh your project, your movement, the Beyond Polarization mm-hmm. Project, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that helps us answer the question, what could we do about the polarization? Um, so tell me a little bit about the project, the workshops, the type of people who come to your workshops, and just what do you, what do, you do under the umbrella of the project? Um, so I'm doing several, several things that, that's really, that has started. So a lot of what I'm doing is, is this piece around trying to elevate the level of conversation around important issues. So, you know, with Greg there, we were just kind of diving into one issue, but of course we're looking at this broader about how do we have uh, in converse, conversation around, around broader issues. So uh, I've been, this, this started for me a couple of years ago, um, doing the mediation work that I was doing and then getting involved in doing more political work uh, with mediation and, and groups. And then creating events. I did a series of online events before the election, which was about uh, real conversations and, and bringing liberals and conservatives together and, and giving them some ground rules how to have conversations and then working together in small breakout groups so, so liberals and conservatives could, could talk to each other. Um, and that was amazing. And, of course, that's how I met you, Mark, that you were on one of those calls, mm-hmm. which, was, which was so great. I remember that really so well. And, and I know your experience with that. And, and, um, and then doing, I've been doing workshops, so uh, doing workshops on communication, talking about this polarization issue, how it happened, uh, and the urgency and need to get beyond it, which I think more and more people are seeing. And, then now, and, then, and now I'm doing more um, consulting, so also working with political leaders. And I think there's a growing movement 
of, of political leaders who are starting to see that, starting to realize that we are getting in deeper and deeper trouble, and we have to be mm-hmm. able to have these kind of conversations that can bridge divides. And I think that's just going to be that's just increasing that 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 that, that need. So I'm doing some um, events and, and working with some political leaders like that, and that that's really exciting for me. So the, so there's really kind of a two prongs to it. There's there's empowering citizens with the skills to be able to have these kind of conversations, um, and and working with leaders who see the the need the need for it and and wanting to lead. Um, from a place beyond beyond divides. Great, great. And what I'm really excited about, uh, and listeners, you'll want to stay tuned for this, is that uh, during the second half of the show, uh, we're actually going to demonstrate how Charlie does that because uh, we have uh, two wonderful folks on the line um, who differ in their political views, and it's hard to have those conversations. And Charlie's going to help them uh, to communicate a little bit uh, using some of uh, some of the the rules and the techniques and the tools that uh, he teaches through the Beyond Polarization Project. So uh, you definitely want to stay tuned, uh, stay tuned for that. And yeah, I, you know, I also want to say that uh, how I met you, Charlie. Um, you know, so so Charlie did a conference call that matched uh, liberals and conservatives one on one to have these kinds of conversations after teaching some communication and mindfulness techniques. It was quite an amazing experience, um, and I was a little disappointed at first because uh, I didn't get matched up with somebody conservative. I got matched up with a wonderful woman from the San Francisco Bay Area uh, who was probably more to the left than me, <laughs> and uh, we had a lovely conversation, uh, got to know each other, but I felt like, oh, it's not the experience I wanted to have. And then after the call, um, when we were invited to all stay on the line in different breakout groups and stuff, that's when I then met somebody. Be careful what you ask the universe for, right? Because because uh, you get it, and uh, that's when I really had a wonderful experience with somebody who identified himself as not just a conservative but an anti-liberal who used to be a liberal, and um, hmm. using the techniques that you taught on that call, plus you know some of the coaching techniques that I'm already trained in, uh, which of course you know are very similar to to what you're teaching. Um, I was able to have a very powerful conversation with that man where um, I ended up in tears, and not tears from frustration and upset, which are usually the tears that I'm in after a conversation like that, but tears of connection and empathy and like realization and warmth and a whole bunch of other different kinds of emotions that I don't ever, ever experience in conversations like the one I had with that man. And there were eight other people in that breakout room, and no one else said a word because it was so, it was such an incredible moment. So I can attest to uh, how these techniques can be extraordinarily effective, and I'm excited about uh, uh, you showing us that in just uh, in just a little bit. So, it, tell us a little bit about how it is that you get people to get to the conversation that matters, which you said earlier is about values and needs versus policies, and then getting them to mm-hmm. the agreements and possibilities for solutions. Mm-hmm. Um. The main thing, I, there's a few ways, I, you know, a few things we could talk about with that, but, but the main thing I do with, with getting people to, like you just said, to, to, to have a real discussion is, you know, oftentimes we, stop, we, we start talking about policy or, or we, we get caught up where we disagree in policy, right? Like, mm-hmm. like President Trump wants to build a big wall, right, to keep out immigration. And then we're, and then we're really on this policy level, talking about do we agree or disagree with the policy. Um, but to have a conversation around that, what I do, I want someone, is I want to understand 
with them, if they if they are a pro or con on that, what are the values that they are that they really care about, or what are the needs that they're trying to get fulfilled by wanting to have that policy? So, like mm-hmm. for example, like on on immigration, you know, people tend to fall on different sides of that as as liberals and and conservatives. Um, mm-hmm. That someone who might be really liberal really values diversity and in inclusiveness. Um, and someone who wants to see the wall go up, they might value um, uh, law and order and rule of law and doing things the right way. Um, you know, oftentimes liberal are more, are more comfortable with, with not, which is kind of, you know, with a little bit more uncertainty. And I know a lot of people who tend to be more conservative really care about um, the rule of law. And or it might be, you know, there can be so many reasons that are going on around it. If you ask somebody why they maybe a, someone who's up for the wall um, because they care about the economy or because they care about their jobs that have been lost. So, so the main thing I really do is just really get into asking questions. And, and I really want to understand the person on a very human level about what they're valuing and what they're needing, what they're looking for. And as a mediator, I've always, I've always done this. I noticed that the, the conflict's always about, it's always about one thing. But when you get underneath it and you find out that the people really care about and value something else, when I can help the parties to see that in each other, then they, they start, start to get it. And one of the ways I do that in these political conversations is, that, is I, try to ask, I try to ask those questions. What, what do they really value or what, do they really, what are they really looking for? And I tend to find that people who are conservative, they, they tend to value more uh, independence and they tend to value the value of competition, of action, uh, tradition um, and conservatives and liberals tend to value collaboration and discussion and interdependence and you know these, these we have these different values and what I what I try to get to is you know I think all of us have conservative and liberal values all of us they're kind of like polarities mm-hmm. or kind of like yin and yang right and they're just right. a different balance so when, when mm-hmm. we can you know have that kind of conversation then I can start to understand the other person, right, and, and what they're really valuing and needing. Um, and then we can start to, like, see where we agree and what kind of things we maybe agree on. You know, what, or, you know that's where that kind of starts. Sure. Great. And does that make sense? Great. I mean, in your experience as well, too? Because I know Ab- I'm curious. Absolutely. I know absolutely. I, you know, yeah. I find that when you get to that deeper level, you find that we're more alike than we are different. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. think we, I think there's a lot more agreement on what the things are that we want, where the disagreement mm-hmm. is, what's the best course of action to get there. So, um, and that's where I try so to absolutely. get people to as well is, yeah, is try to get people to what they want and what they're really looking for. Yeah. So often we're focused on what we don't want or what we don't, you know, yeah. like I don't want that wall going up or I, you know, or I don't want to see Trump as the president or, you know, like that. Right. Or, or you're like, stupid like, if you and, want and, it, and, you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Those exactly. sorts of things. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you to hold your thought for a second because uh, we've got to take a, a break. So, uh, so the number to call if you'd like to speak to us live here on Mark My Words is 646-716-9397. And we're going to take a short break while I announce some great stuff that's available to you as a Mark My Words listener from our sponsor, Audible.com. Mark My Words is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. 
a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our URL, which is audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio, you'll get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. That's audibletrial.com slash lifecoachradio. And there are some great titles that relate even to tonight's topic. Titles such as Pope Francis Teaches Congress How to Disagree Without Demonizing and Converse Without Condemning. And that's from the September 25, 2015 Ideas and Controversies section of the Washington Post. It was written by Petula Dvorak and it's narrated, 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 narrated by Sam Scholl. So you might want to check that one out on audible.com. And now, back to Mark My Words with certified life and business coach, Mark Shaw. And we're back for the second half of Mark My Words. So, uh, again, the number to call if you'd like to talk to us live here in the studio is 646-716-9397. And we're talking with Charlie Rebick, who is the uh, founder, creator, and originator of the Beyond Polarization Project, uh, which is designed to get people beyond the polarization that currently seems to be existing when it comes to our political discussion and our political system, uh, and uh, to really valuable conversations that matter where we can really problem solve and not fight and not tear up our friendships and families. So, um, great. So when we left off, Charlie, before the commercial break, we started talking about uh, the techniques that you use and what it is that, uh, that you teach people through the Beyond Polarization Project to be able to, uh, uh, to have these kinds of discussions a little bit more fluidly and without so much controversy. So let's talk about... Um, well, you know what? I'm going to skip a couple of questions I prepared because I think we've kind of uh, hit on some of them. One that I'm really curious about is how are mindfulness and self-care part of the equation? Because I know that that's something that, uh, that you really drive home uh, when you work with people. So tell me how that relates to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think that's really a, a big component of, of what I do and what I believe is really important in, in having these kind of conversations and, and really being able to move our country forward um, in political conversations is, is mindfulness. And, and what uh, probably, probably a lot of people are familiar with it, have heard some things around mindfulness. It's, and, um, and it's becoming more, I think mindfulness, the practice of mindfulness is becoming more mainstream. Um, and sometimes it's joked about. I, mean, I remember growing up to, you know, it's sometimes joked about as, you know, sitting around and chanting OM. Um, and mindfulness is not that. My, mindfulness is the ability to self-regulate our nervous system and it's the ability to take ourselves out of the amygdala brain. So um, people, there's been a lot of studies recently and a lot of science going into the practice of mindfulness. And it's been shown that when people do things as simply as slowing down and paying attention to their breath or slowing down and paying attention to the breath and noticing what the feeling in your body, um, that, that it, it calms our nervous system um, and it calms the amygdala brain. Uh, and it brings us into a deeper state of presence and increases the frontal lobe activity in our brain, which is our clear, rational thinking. So I teach mindfulness a lot. I te- I've taught it in, in um, mediation and in these events. 
to keep people present and notice, like you mentioned before, too, we all do this and all have our ways where sometimes something can, where we can go from zero to 60 in, in a second. And noticing yep. when that happens is it's that way to bring us back and the way to keep us more present and back and, and, and increase our ability to stay present. So noticing, you know, for some people, for some of us who get activated more quickly, of it's a, it's a practice to actually help stay centered and, and regulated. So mm -hmm. that's where I think it's become you know, really effective, and I, I emphasize it a lot uh, in, the, in the work I do. Sure. So it sounds like it's really about gaining some uh, control and power back over some of the automated responses, the automatic responses that your, uh, that your body uh, is, is mm -hmm. designed to, to create. Mm -hmm. um, and I tell and, people and sometimes just turn off the news and go for a walk outside, and if you're a couple, you know, I think so much of it too is pre-mindfulness and that sense of unplugging, you know, unplugging yes. from the noise. And that's, that's a big piece as well, too, that I, that I talk a lot about. My, you know, mindfulness can be just getting outside and having a fun with your kids. <laughs> you know? yep. So I think that's a big piece of it, too. Sure. Or even just walking, you know, doing a meditative walk where it's, you know, you're walking and you're focused on how does it feel to have your feet make contact with the ground? What's your body doing? Mm -hmm. You know, and focus on that instead of walking around and focusing on you know everything that's outside of you, but really on our on our internal experience. Um, I also know plenty mm -hmm. of people, including me, who a few days after the election just had to kind of you know shut down from Facebook um, because uh, you know, social media I think is an incredibly wonderful tool, and in many ways it's also uh, the bane of our existence I think at this point. And uh, you know, hopefully uh, it, it will it will become a tool that. Uh, is more useful than not uh, in the future. Um, yeah. So, you know, so let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's get into the the actual communication piece um, that you teach. Uh, we talked about how one of the important things is to be able to suspend the need to be right in these kinds of conversations, right? Um, but, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. What do we mean when we say suspend the need to be right as mm. a starting point well, with these kinds of conversations? Yeah. I mean, it's really one of the fundamentals when people talk about mediation or having uh, challenging conversations to go in is that is, is being open-minded is another way of saying it. And, and a lot of times we're, you know, we all, we all guilty, guilty of this, but, but none of us, none of us, including myself, well, I know I'm guilty of it as well, too, have a monopoly on the truth. And, and, and if you want to have a productive conversation, and you mentioned this before, too, if people want to, want to have a productive conversation, that's when we you know, come, out of the, come out of the ring and, and instead come into a, a dialogue, um, is to basically suspend that need long enough so that we can see if something greater can emerge, if a, if a deeper truth and understanding can emerge. So in going in, it doesn't mean that I'm going to give up my opinions or that I give up my beliefs, or, but I want to suspend them long enough to be curious to see if I can learn something new. And that's, that's really mm -hmm. fundamental of it, suspending that need to be right. Um, so, you know, it, and, it's actually uh, then, it sounds like it's about changing the goal of the conversation from trying to convince you of something to learning something more about you and understanding you. Mm -hmm. And if both mm -hmm. parties do Absolutely. that, that's a much better outcome. That's right. Right. That's right. And, and they might not agree at the end of that, but they understand has, each other. Yeah. That's, that's the whole point of what we're talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Great. Great. So let's talk about the five steps, and then uh, we're going to bring on uh, our, uh, our, our test couple, <laughs> if they'll call them, uh, to, uh, to see how this process actually works so that listeners can actually learn how to have uh, these challenging conversations um, on their own. So uh, you've got a five-step process to having effective conversations like this. So I know the first step is to create a container of respect safety and appreciation. Um, so just kind of describe that briefly. What does that mean to create a container of respect, safety, and appreciation? Yeah. Well, that to me is, is a fundamental, it's kind of that upfront agreement that you're going to, to have the most effective conversation, I find it's best if you can do that. So if, you're, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you want to have a conversation with somebody and you're going into that conversation before having it, is creating an agreement about how you're going to have the conversation itself. And that lays the groundwork then to, to having a really productive conversation. And it's very simple. That it, it, I say creating a container is you're basically creating that space to have that, that kind of respectful, safe conversation that's going to, like you said, going to lead to more understanding uh, and a better outcome. Um, and I, I tell people, you know, that you can use this, and I have these five steps. They're on the website, beyondpolarization.com. You can download. Um, but in that creating the container, I, I ask people to agree with each other that they're going to be respectful, um, that they're going to be respectful of each other, um, that they're going to be curious, um, that they're going to be open-minded, that it's okay so to So that's really about setting up the ground rules system. for the conversation. It is. It's really, I'm just saying, these are really the ground rule um, to create that mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. Yep. Because so often I see that when we don't create those, that's where it goes off track. And how many times I've seen that where none of those kind of ground rules are created and then people end up in a shouting match. So sure. that's, <laughs> that's the antidote that I came up with. Sure, yep, absolutely. And then, of course, the second step, which also helps when the ground rules, uh, when we might get you know, a little close to the, to the edge there, um, is using active listening. It's a personal favorite of mine because it's one of the things that I teach uh, as I teach coaches, mm-hmm. as I teach uh, couples to communicate well. So tell me a little bit from your perspective, uh, active listening. Yeah, I love active listening too. Um, and the way I've learned it and the way I, I teach it is increasing someone's ability to listen um, with, with full presence first of all. So increasing our ability and capacity in a conversation to be able to really listen to another person and understand them. And the active part of it really comes down to asking questions. So what I do often as an exercise or what I do with couples or with different people is have them take turns speaking so that without interrupting each other, that's the big piece that mm-hmm. makes it that active listening, um, and get to speak for a set length of time and I'll have one party speak, one person speak for like two minutes, and then have the other person just reflect back what they heard. Just reflect back that what they heard without agreeing, disagreeing, or giving an opinion. And what that does is it really sets up empathy and it sets up the ability to really listen. And when one person feels heard and understood, then they're more likely to want to hear and understand the other person. The other person. So it's kind of it's it's, yep. it's that tool in the conversation. That's how sure. I, that's how I and and, and I know that for me, for me, when I teach it, it involves um, also mm-hmm. reflecting back, not just paraphrasing what the person said, but also any of the feelings that they're expressing in what they said. Um, you mm-hmm. know, so I'm hearing you say X, Y, and Z, and I'm also sensing that you feel anxious about it, or you feel 
pleased when this happens or you feel upset when such and such happens. Um, because when you acknowledge mm -hmm. uh, what, you know, what someone has said and then validate their emotions and say, you know, it makes sense given what you value, given who you are, given what's important to you, it makes sense that you feel that way. That that's really mm -hmm. very valuable in a conversation. And I, you know, when I teach this, I always emphasize for people, you don't have to agree with the person to be able to, to see their point of view and say it makes sense and you have every right to feel that way, right? Mm -hmm. so, um, mm -hmm. so that's great. And that's active listening is extraordinarily valuable. Um, mm -hmm. And which kind of bleeds into step number three, which is acknowledging emotions and, and, and getting to the underlying needs and values. And, and I'm guessing that the curiosity uh, that you talked about earlier uh, is, is really what, uh, what gets us to the needs and values at, at, at that point. So if you could talk about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, absolutely, and you were just talking about that too. They, they do bleed into each other. So that piece of the act of listening is acknowledging emotions as well too. And I love what you just said. You know about you might that you might not agree with the other person. Um, but what I have found this has been the case in my relationships. It's been the case in my work. Um, I've so often found this to be the case, and this is one of my I feel like some, one of my secret tips and is is when you can acknowledge the emotions and, and what the other person is saying, even if you completely disagree with it, that that does so much to build trust and empathy with the other person that it de-escalates and takes a lot of the theme out of the conversation. And I found that so, so often that we get caught in, in our, our stories about the other person or our beliefs and in that subtle way we can be in competition. And it's a little bit counterintuitive because I think we so we want to you know kind of be in this right or wrong place, but again, without suspending what I believe is true, I know if oftentimes I can just acknowledge what the other person is saying and what they're feeling, they feel a lot better. And then if they'll acknowledge what I'm saying and feeling, oh my gosh, it creates so much space uh, in the conversation and 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 in that space that it creates, it allows for um, a lot of possibilities to emerge um, right. when, we're talk when we go into those next steps. So empathy, sure. and everyone talks empathy is a, the big buzzword now because it's so, I'm, I'm so happy about that because to me that's what empathy yeah. is. It's, it's the, the ability to be able to feel the other person and get the other person even if I disagree with the other person. And that yeah. is also emotional intelligence. You know, I mean, that's, that's almost it's, sure. it's such a big part of the whole thing. Absolutely, which of course brings us to step number four, which we've already discussed, which is practicing self-care and self-regulation because you know, when, you're, when you're taking care of yourself and you're mindful and you're fully present, you're able to do all that. Um, so practice self-care and self-regulation is step four. And then step five is building agreements where you can. Comment about that. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, building well, agreements building where you can? Yeah, so as we're doing the other steps and we're acknowledging emotions and getting at those underlying values and needs, so in the act of listening, I'm listening and then I'm asking questions to try to better understand the person, what they're valuing, why they believe, what, why they you know, have this idea, and what, what they really care about, what's really important to them. You know, as I'm doing that or as, a, as, a, as I'm coaching people to do that, I try to get them to acknowledge the places where they can build some agreement. You know, so mm -hmm. someone says, you know, I tend to be someone who, you know, I've been more pro-open, you know, on immigration issues, let's say. But I can also understand when someone says, hey, you know, we, people should, should obey the law. 
and we should have these laws that are obeyed. And I go, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I can agree with you on that one. Um, and that thing I put in there, building it's where you can, meaning we might not get to a place where we agree on everything. But if we go through these earlier steps, we will get to greater agreements and greater understanding. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's, you know, the whole goal. Um, you know, to agree where we can and do what we can. You know, a lot of these things are really out of our hands, right? And I think that's another mm-hmm. thing in talking, having to talk about politics. It's like, okay, you know, I mean, uh, we, we have to be engaged and do what we can, but sometimes, you know, we, we can only agree and, and do what we can um, when we're talking with somebody about politics. Um, and we need our right. political leaders to step up more, you know, in that, in that regard. Um, but one other thing, and, and, you know, and I just wanted to mention on the, if you don't mind, on the, on the self-regulation part is that ability, mm-hmm. this is a real trick too, to, you know, catch oneself when one is, is starting to get into that real activated place, which can happen really quickly. Um, uh-huh. And take a moment to just breathe and, 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 and just to slow down. And, and I often will, help people if they start speaking really fast and getting really activated, you know, to just help them take a, you know, take a breath and, and pause and slow it down a little bit and encourage people to do that um, and stay on their side of their fence. So uh, oftentimes in a, in a mediation, um, maybe one person is a, is a little shy to speak up and I want to have that person speak up more. And the other person is a little overly assertive and that's the right. regulation piece too. I want them to kind of, you know, take a step back and maybe listen a little bit more. And oftentimes these dynamics happen in conversations. So that's a bit of that piece about self-care, um, taking care of yourself, and, and self-regulation that I put in there. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Well, very cool. Well, um, this is great. And, and I would love now to uh, let's, let's, let's bring on our, uh, our couple, Carla and Drew, um, and, and let's kind of – See how you how you work with somebody because I think this is absolutely fascinating. I think it would be really helpful uh, for listeners to actually see a live example uh, of how to actually uh, implement this. So um, let's go ahead and bring our two callers, Carla and Drew, who um, are basically you know they're on opposite sides of the political aisle, and I imagine they find it pretty difficult to have these kinds of conversations uh, when it comes to certain issues, when it comes to how they feel about the current president and, you know, I, I'm, you know, if, if they've supported different candidates and whatnot. So uh, let's bring them on, bring them in, and uh, I'm going to turn it over to you to actually talk with them, Charlie. So let's first say hello to them. So Carla and Drew, welcome to Mark My Words. Hey, Mark. Thank hey, you. Charlie, how Thanks are you? for having us. Hi. Great. great. Thanks great. for being Hi, here. Carla. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So, uh, so great. So I, yeah, I really thank you. I thank both of you for being vulnerable and, and, and coming on the show and, and having Charlie work with you. And let me just say at the outset that my, my biggest hope is that the two of you benefit from this more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, everybody that's listening in, hopefully, you know, they benefit too. And I believe that all of that is going to happen. So, uh, so thank you again. And uh, uh, we've got uh, we've got time to uh, to continue, even though we're at a little bit uh, uh, before the top of the hour. Uh, we still have time to continue, so we can go, you know, considerably past that. So don't feel rushed. And uh, so great. So Charlie, go ahead and uh, take it hey. away. I put I put the lovely okay. Drew and the lovely Carla in your capable hands. <laughs> oh, thank you, and and I so appreciate you guys being here. And and um, you know, it's nice to talk with you earlier in the hour, and and for being on the show and. Um, you know, 
the way I like to start, you know, again, just creating that container, um, maybe, you know, to ask you guys if you have any questions about those steps that we just outlined, because this is what I typically do, is I kind of talk about the process a little bit, and then first ask you guys if you have um, any, any questions on the steps. Um, I don't know if any questions, but I think that they're, you know, those are very helpful steps, and I think that, um, you know, we try to sort of do that a little bit, but then it kind of gets derailed because we are very, um, you know, emotions get involved or emotions have gotten more involved in this particular, you know, election more than others in the past. And so it's hard not to be emotional um, because it is so polarizing. And um, Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's, you know, Sometimes we just agree to disagree and then just set it down and, you know, uh, but sometimes that's uh, easier said than done. Because <laughs> we sure. cause it always comes back around again. That's why. <laughs> uh-huh. When you say it always comes back around again, what do you mean, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we say, okay, we're just not going to talk about it. And then, you know, uh-huh, minutes, uh-huh. Later, minutes later, we find ourselves starting to talk about it again and we're right back where right. we were. Well, I, I guess I want to start then by just really appreciating you two and appreciating that you both sound like you really care and are, you know, are, are passionate about the issues. And, and I also appreciate you guys being here because I think it sounds like, I mean, I'd be curious to hear from you too, but, you know, what, what would you like to get out of this today? And, and um, you know, I, I, I get the sense, and I always, I really respect this a lot, that, you know, that desire to want to, be able to communicate better with each other. And I can really, obviously, you know, with this kind of conversation in your relationship to want to, you know, improve, improve the quality of your relationship and to be able to have these kind of conversations. So I really want to honor you for that um, and wanting to improve that. But I'm, I'm curious if there's, you know, if you have any, you know, particular desires or something that you would like to be able to get out of this, um, you know, when you're thinking about this and, and just in terms of, you know, you're, you're for each other, um, your relationship, or for the work you do in the world. What, what's something that you would really like to get out of this conversation, the short conversation we're going to have here today? Well, I, first of all, I, I definitely agree that most most importantly, we always have to agree to disagree because, um, you know, mm-hmm. we've been married 27 years, and, you know, we don't always agree. And I think if we uh, go into it knowing that we're not always going to agree on every little thing, um, I think that 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 will definitely help us. <laughs> and I think that we uh-huh. do look at the common ground um, that we do. We do believe in a lot of the same things. You know, we we do believe in um, you know equality and civil rights and that sort of thing. And so we do have a lot of common ground. And this you know particular election was very was very hard because um, you know there are just some deal breakers to some people that aren't deal breakers to other people and so you mm-hmm. know we have a lot of the same um, you know um, belief system and um, you know things that we believe in you know fiscally and that sort of thing but then um, you know you sort of get down the line and, and and realize that some things are just you know you can't agree on it's it's more the emotional things more of the uh, of the the spirit of, of some of the uh, the rhetoric back and forth and so that's mm-hmm. kind of where so that there are some things to agree on there are some things that we do you know um, obviously agree on that um, we don't have issues with, but then there, you know, so the, 
there are those things that we do, and and that seems to be where it kind of gets derailed because people get defensive, and then they stand Mm -hmm. firm for the team. You know, it's like, which team are you on? You're on that team. I'm on this team, you know, which I don't really like that anyway. I don't like the labels, um, you know, because I'm really – pretty in the middle, you know, about a lot of different things, you know, and so it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a tricky time because, um, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I so appreciate you sharing that. I mean, I think you just shared so many things that are really important is, is that we talked about like kind of detribalizing. And I think there's so much pressure probably that both of you are hearing from different media sources and that we're all hearing that tend to put us in that more tribalized space. And I already heard you say that you agree on so many things, but that there's a few places that you really disagree on. So, I mean, already you're doing a lot of that work of, of depolarizing and, and detribalizing. So I, so I really appreciate that. Um, do you guys feel ready to start? Would you like to, we can go kind of go into an exercise and I'll, I'll coach you a little bit as we go, but I'll, um, you know, I'd like to just kind of put you guys in it and, and, um, and, and do a little bit of that active listening as that next step. Sure, sure, sure. Great. You, Great. You, you do have to realize, too, though, we are very passionate uh, on both sides or wh- whatever <laughs> we say. And, you know, Carla had, had a tendency of saying, that. well, that's because you're an Italian from New Jersey, and that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Humor, I love humor, too. Uh, humor is the best, one of the best depolarizing uh, uh, methods. So, um, well, who would, well, who, let me ask you this. I'm going to, who, who normally starts these conversations? Carla. Okay. So I'm, so I'm going to try to flip this. And I'm not mind, saying that, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not answering that in a quick way. That is the bad thing. So I just want you to understand no. that now though. Okay. I love it. I think it's great. And I'm having a little fun with you guys too, as we go here. So, so if you don't mind, Carla, can we let Drew go first and then, and then and sure. what I'm going to have him do is speak. So, so we'll do this. I'll kind of time it here, you know, for about, let's say, about a minute, um, you know, maybe a minute or so. And, Drew, if you just want maybe one of these issues that's come up for you, just talk about one of the issues that maybe you guys tend to disagree on and, and why you care about it, what that issue is, you know, what, what makes you really uh, care about that issue. Um, and just – just you get you get the floor, and Carla and I are just going to really listen and pay attention, and then we're going to reflect back. So, um, and we'll and we'll practice this. So, so an issue would be, I um, mean, you know, if we're staying in politics, are we? Or I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah a uh, political discussion. Right. Well, I mean, I think the media, like you said before, definitely has a lot to do with it, and what we hear on TV. You know, we both obviously. Uh, listen to different stations and uh, because we listen to what we want to hear and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll mention something that I heard on a particular station and we just, you know, you're in, you know, I hear that I'm not hearing the whole thing or that's ridiculous or, you know, something like that. Uh, to mm-hmm. affect. And mm-hmm. um, so I of course get defensive on it and I, I get defensive very quickly. Um, you know, and I most of the time feel like maybe my uh, what I'm saying isn't correct, or I heard wrong, or something to that effect. I guess it would be um, okay. So what what so, what might one of those things 
what might one of those things be? I mean, this is kind of an opportunity too. If it's something that uh, you know, maybe well, maybe you do talk about something that comes up, and then you've done a, you know, you guys do get to a place where you go, oh, we just can't agree on that. But what might be something that uh, that comes up for you as an example? I guess I, okay. I mean, if we're if we're you know, like if our our current president says president says something or tweets about something. I kind of see into it more. Well, he kind of probably meant it this way, but the way he says it, mm-hmm. I agree, or the way he does it, I agree, is definitely not the right way. But you have to hear what he's saying, or you have to look more into it. Where I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Carla is just hearing just what he said, and I'm not saying that the way he said it or how he said it was correct. It's just that mm-hmm. you know, uh, I I feel that I'm looking more into it. Than mm-hmm. just well, to me, start, I'd just, love to get, I'm just, just trying to get to a specific. Yeah, I'd love uh, to get to a specific example. Like, I, I, um, I, I mean, I guess just, I mean, just with all of the, the, I guess all. Okay, here's one. The all of like, like the tweeting that our president is doing these days. You know, to me, right. it's like, yeah, he should, he should focus on running this country. I agree with that 100. percent But. You know that's how that's what everyone's listening to are, are tweets and stuff like that. So he, you know, to me, it's not a big deal that he goes and tweets on Carly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the tweeting but, is. But an you're issue talking now, about but... specific, um, you know, issues that are important or that maybe we disagree on. So let's throw out what about you know yeah, racial discrimination or the wall and you know things like that that you know we tend well, to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So mm-hmm. the wall thing, yeah. I mean, we can bring up the wall thing for sure. Great. I mean, I, I mean, I would definitely, you know, and if if my, you know, if my opinion counts for anything, which you know how that is, yeah, I think we should have a wall up. And then, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry if that offends anybody, but that's how I, that's what I agree with. And you know, in that, and you know, I see it being a small business person as, you know, um, people coming in illegally. And taking jobs and not paying what their sh- fair share should be of whatever it may be. That's how I see it. Mm. You know, I'm mm-hmm. all for if if someone wants to come in this country legally, I'm all for that. Don't get me wrong on that. I am for it. But if you're mm-hmm. going to come in and sneak in and and then take jobs from people other than that, and you know, then no, I I'm definitely not for that. And that's mm-hmm. where you know the wall thing comes in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like I'm, and I'm going to just reflect back here, maybe Carla, and, and, and I'll do this with you. But it, it sounds to me, uh, Drew, like the wall is important to you because it's going to create, um, first of all, that it will basically create a, a border that's going to stop um, or help stop immigration, right? That's going to that's going to slow down Correct. a lot of immigration that's coming. Um, yes. And I mean, I also hear your passion around it. Like this feels like you also said that. You know, talking about small businesses that, you know, I, I felt your passion. It, it sounds, if I'm, if I'm right, that, you know, you, you really care about small business and you really care about um, jobs in this country. And, and, you know, it sounds like it's also a concern for you that jobs are being taken away. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And, and what you would really like to see is you would like to see, like you also said, uh, immigration um, you know, being done legal, being done the right way. Like if that, like you don't have anything against immigrants, but you want to be seen, you know, done done the right way. And if it was done the right way, that it would probably help some of our problems that we're having with jobs and 
um, you know, lack of jobs or, you know, in this country. Is that right? And I think that's an example yeah. of what we can agree on. I think we both mm-hmm. agree. I think it's the tactical side of it, you know, the tactics mm-hmm. uh, of how to get there, you know, that mm-hmm. probably would disagree on. We disagree on, okay. you know, perhaps the leadership and the person and their ideas to get us to where we need to go. And that seems to okay. be, you know, where the emotional part is. And I, you know, I think right. it's that way for a lot of people, I guess. Um, okay. You know, it's it's having the confidence and, um, you know, in the leadership and some of the uh, the tactics um, that, you know, are, are not realistic or they are, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, self-serving groups of people uh, or, you know, what have you. So I, I think that we... Right you know, agree on some of the basics, but it's the tactics and how to get there and the leadership okay. of, uh, or the, or the lack thereof in, in getting some of these things done. Mm-hmm. So, so great. Carla. So, um, what I was trying to do there, first of all, was just demonstrate that active listening, just making sure, you know, that I, I really want to understand Drew and, you know, why he cares about that and, and try to get really clear on some of those underlying things so that can then talk about that. And that's, kind of slowing down the conversation a little bit. You know, that's a little bit of the piece that I was just trying to, just trying to do there, just to, just to slow it down. And then, and I want to then come back to listening to you because it sounds, I want to hear what you have to say about it and also what's important to you. And, and it sounds like you say you agree on some of those things. So I was just kind of building some of that understanding with Drew, you know, coming in, coming into this conversation. Right, so, right. so, yeah. So for you, and if Drew, do you feel, I mean, does that, if you don't mind, yes, I'm going to switch yes. to Carla here for a minute. Okay, great. sure. Yeah, that's so, great. Cool. So, Carla, it sounds like you don't disagree with Drew on a lot of those, what we were just talking about, about, um, you know, the, his concern about jobs and his concern about, um, you know, illegal immigration versus wanting, you know, wanting it to be legal and people coming the right way. But what you, it sounded like what you were saying, and I heard was that you, you were concerned about, like, the tactics and the leadership. Is that right? Or, like, how, what, can you tell me a little right. bit more about that? Exactly. I mean, I think that we, um, you know, can agree on some things where, you know, we're basically fiscally conservative and and both believe in small business and, you know, Uh capitalism and jobs and all that sort of thing that we, you know, we agree on. But, um, you know, there are other issues that, uh, you know, at hand and, you know, the uh, the racial justices or injustices, that's very important, uh, discrimination, um, equality, civ- basic civil rights, you know, and those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, um, those are some of the things that get people worked up, you know, because right. it seems like to, to reach certain agendas, a lot of, uh, you know, basic things get left behind and, and and people go to their corners, you know, and that's how the polarization takes place. And they're not sort of, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of um, polarizing ideas, you know? And and so Mm -hmm. I think that while we agree on some of the, you know, some of the issues, it's, uh, you know, on how to get there and, um, you know, that sort of thing, Um, you know, and then in order to, well, I don't want to get into specific politics. Yeah, or... no. Let me. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me, let me back maybe and just pause it because what I uh, and if we're on the issue of the wall, say for example, like that sounds like that might be a thing where you have some disagreement about the tactics or something. You know, is it something about like you know building 
a wall that ups I'm kind of curious about that. I mean, is, is there something about the building a wall that upsets you? I heard you talking about racial justice and right. fairness. And, I mean, I think that so, there uh, are things that can be done, you know. Um, I think that, um, you know, when you've got um, – uh, you know, at what expense does that is that going to you know what right. what's the other side to that? At what expense are we going to strip the environment? Are we going to strip you know um, you know arts and right. you know just the right. things how that will that, be lost wall because of this? Huh? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. And, uh, right. and you know, and just it. some of the things that people think are okay to just let you know, um, completely disappear or eradicate or go away. And, and, you know, it's okay because, um, you know, this agenda over here is more important or, or what have you. So that's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and so that's kind of where it gets very spirited and you agree to disagree and you just sort of, um, you know, mm-hmm. meet in the middle on the things that you do agree on. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, but you know, sometimes it's, it depending on what you're talking about, it's, it's, you know, it's, uh, easier said than done. Yeah, great. Well, thank you. Well, I find this fascinating because, I mean, it sounds like what you're talking about is the concern, if I'm right, about, you know, if we're going to, if the wall is going to get built, you know, a lot of people talk about the cost of it and, uh, and yeah, you know, some big numbers. And it sounds like you're also alluding to in the political conversation that's going on right now to, to pay for the wall that well, already uh, President Trump's laid out the budget, which has significant cuts in certain programs, other programs like, uh, it sounds like that's what you're talking about, right? So you can, right. So and I, right. And I get that these, these issues get complicated too, right? And they're kind of like, okay, well, when we start talking about the wall, it's, there's, a, there's a lot, lot to it. Um, and, um, and that it can get kind of heated. Like you guys both have opinions around, around that. Um, is, there, is there anything more you guys want to say about that, about just how it gets heated? I mean, I, I, can, I, I, can, I mean, I can come back to some of my thoughts on that, but I'm really curious about, you know, really from you guys, what, what um, you know, when it gets kind of heated like that, like where. Well, I think what it is, is you know, just to jump in on a time point here, let's take about another seven minutes and then we'll, we'll okay, wrap great. up just so you can guide the time. Great. Okay, great. Thank you, Mark. So the, so I guess the issues become, you know, it's, it's had a, you know, navigate through all the defensiveness and, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, not, you know, willing to, um, part with your, um, strong opinion on something. And so, you know, um, you just kind of agree to disagree and, and, uh, you know, and, and just move along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Drew, do you have anything to add on that? No, I just, you know, um, in, in a conversation, it's just that, you know, I, it's not always that someone has to be right. <laughs> or, or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, right. and that, that's how, I mean, that's just, you know, okay. I hear what you're saying, but, you know, uh, maybe I don't agree, but uh, I hear what you're saying. doesn't mean that you, you know, you have to be right all the time or something. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I love it. I, I just love what you guys are, are modeling and, and doing here. And that's really what, you know, just in my experience when putting together these steps, that was that part that we talked about, about, you know, mutual respect and, and, you know, agreeing that we might disagree, you know, that we're not, but I think, and I think that's the important thing to having a real conversation, right. You know, having real conversations about, right. these, about these issues. So I think you guys are modeling that. And of course, you know, when we're when we're talking about important issues, there's going to be different sides, right? And I think in that kind of real conversation, it's like, okay, 
can we be willing to look at the other side and try to understand and hear the other side? And it sounds like you guys are really doing that. I mean, are there, are there any cases where you well, where one or the other gets really worked up or, or something like that? I'd be curious if there's anything like that. You know, that's, well, I don't it's think, funny I don't, you say that. I don't that. think we have enough. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, now we're getting into the good stuff. <laughs> well, he's more, you know, normally the uh, emotional, more demonstrate, you know, demonstrative sort of, you know, uh, animated one. But you know, in, on some of these issues, the tables are turned, and you know, I get, I get a little. Um, I mean, I can get pretty worked up about it as well, and mm-hmm. so that's just kind of an area where we're both sort of spirited in the conversation, and it's like we could. I could probably do a better job of not being as snarky um, because, you know, people who are okay with the leadership, they're not as argumentative right now because they're happy. They're okay. Things are going their way. So what's happened is, is there's a whole other group of people who are just, you know, uh, not real happy. And so, (laughs) so that's kind of where it goes back and forth, you know, because, one right. wants to engage more because they're more upset, and the other are just like, you know, let's just, you know, kind of, why don't you move on? Why don't you move on about it? You know, why don't right. you just, it is what it is, move on, you know. Mm. So that's that well, I just want to put that part. Also, it's like it doesn't okay. always, you know, when, you're, when we're talking, it doesn't, there's not always a fix right now. It, you don't have to fix it right this moment. It, you know, we mm-hmm. could just talk, you know, and there's not – maybe I, I don't want you to fix something. I just want you to listen. That's mm-hmm. the right. side well, of that's it. That's great. That's great. I mean, that comes back to that active listening, I think, piece too, and what I was doing in there and trying to model for you too, Carla, was, you know, taking that time to, to, to give a little space to just listen. You know, how can we hear that? Like that's the empathy piece of sometimes we, we rush to try to go into giving our side or fixing and like, okay, can we get a little space? And I appreciated what you just said too, Carla, around like the snarky, you know, I always, I always catch that one that that often can be a trigger point where, you know, we get a little bit snarky and, and understanding it's like, you know, because I think for both of you understanding that you both have deep cares and you both really have cares about that and being able to speak about what you care about. So I really appreciate that. And one, and one thing I just would maybe, I know we're getting close to the end of the time, but one thing, you know, is there, is there anything you guys do or what do you guys do on that, on that self-regulation piece or mindfulness piece? This is, I think, might really be helpful for you, um, you know, when it starts to get real heated and active. Is there something you could do that would just help create a little bit more space? You know, because I, I hear it now and then I can hear where it starts to get worked up. Well, um, what I do is I, I, <laughs> I just walk away. <laughs> Uh-huh, but it does uh-huh. get a little heated, you know. I mean, where Carla just wants to continue to talk about it more. So I don't know what uh-huh. that, that, you know, what oh, you I can would recommend. recommend on that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. Carla, you, um, yeah. Well, what I, well I guess yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could, you know, one way to do it would be to find something that you can appreciate about you know the other's beliefs. Um, find something that you can agree on, or or, um, you know, uh, something of that nature. I, I guess, you know, you can um, just, you know, have a have an understanding or, or sort of rules of, of the discussion would be um, to, you know, to have that appreciation and respect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes that gets, 
tossed to the side as a spirited discussion, you know, takes place. So, yeah, I mean, just yeah. being mindful of um, of the respect and appreciation part, I guess, is, is right. Um, right. you know. Great. Yeah, that's wonderful. And what I would just add in that is, um, you know, I was mentioning that part about the amygdala brain, you know, and when we get activated and when that happens, it, we, you know, goes go into that fight, flight, or freeze mode. Um, we have these default patterns. We either want to fight or, 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 or flee, run, or sometimes we just freeze, you know, kind of like a deer in the headlights. You know, we all have those different responses. So right. I'm just hearing you. Appreciation is such a good one. You know, if, if, even if you're disagreeing with him, find something that you can appreciate, and that builds that trust. And, and, and you know, if you're noticing you're getting worked up or getting active, Take a moment, just even before or, or Mark, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Drew, before you, you walk away, you know, if you can just, bef- maybe you need to do that, but before you do that, if you can take a breath and stay and just stay present and before disengaging, I bet Carla will, will see that and Carla, you can see that and then, and then can just back off a little bit. And then you guys, so you can have that little pause so you can get to that, like you get to that edge and then you want to, then there's some good stuff you guys can talk about there. But then pause long enough so it doesn't cross over, so you don't go over the go over the line. And and right. the mindfulness right. piece can really help with that. That's the breathing, taking a breath, just noticing. Close your eyes for a second. If you if you need to ask ask like, hey, I just need a second here. We just pause for a second. You know, give a little bit of space. And I think you'll both you'll notice both your nervous systems calm down, and then you're mm-hmm. able to, and then you can start again. How does that sound? Great. Right. Sounds Good. great. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Excellent stuff. Well, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, I'm sorry, Carly. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, no. I was going to say, besides politics, it comes in handy in other discussions and other situations <laughs> as well. So that's good, good stuff. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yes, exactly, right. exactly, which tends to be my specialty, which is why I relate to these concepts so well because, uh, you know, I teach, uh, you know, there's a lot of overlap between this and, uh, and what I teach in those other realms. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, great. So, you know, one thing that, that uh, an insight that I drew from this is just like the political discussion itself doesn't reach a conclusion where there's a, a solution, right? Neither did this conversation, right? It's not like, oh, now you're totally equipped and you're never going to have stress again in this conversation, which wasn't, of course, the goal of this coaching, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But there was certainly value in it. So what I'd like to do before I toss in some of the comments that uh, I want to make and observations that I made um, and then close out the show in a few minutes, I want to ask very briefly for uh, Carla and Drew, if you could just kind of share with us what's one valuable takeaway that you got from your interaction with Charlie right now that that will really help you as you move forward and as you well I wrote it down I wrote a lot of things down that he said and one of the things that I wrote down was um the container of respect you know and I think that that um if you kind of like set those rules up um you know, you, you need to respect that the other person uh, holds their beliefs very near and dear to them, just like you do yours. And so, whereas, you know, the sometimes the natural reaction is to try to convince the other person that they are, you know, how could you think that, you know, this is, you know, you're wrong, you know, or whatever. And so you right. just have to kind of move on from that, 
you're not going to win that one. You know, that's not, you're not going right. to change the other person. You just have to kind of, yep. you know, but it's, you know, like yep. I said, it's easier said than done sometimes. Sure. That's, no, that's a very valuable that's takeaway though. How about you, Drew? Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking about the, uh, how I react when it starts getting heated and how I, I do, I tendency just to, my tendency is just to leave and flee. And, uh, you know, my thing, I, I, I feel then I have to, um, like Charlie said, just take a second, breathe and just not always, because it never comes, you know, when I, it, it never ends up well when I do leave, you know? Right. So I, you know, why sure. do I continue to do that? And so for me to stop and, and think first, and before I turn and leave. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome because right. I know that for me, if I was in the shoes where the other person is turning and leaving, for me, this is very interesting because I, I, I'm just kind of identifying this as you're speaking. For me, I feel dismissed at that point. Uh, and it feels dismissive for me, and then it makes me angry, right? Because mm-hmm. then I feel dismissed, right. I feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. So I think uh-huh. that the pause before leaving gives us the opportunity to connect and say, okay, you know what, we're going to take a break. I love you, you're awesome, and this is difficult right now, and I- I'm just going to take a break, right? And then mm-hmm. that might eliminate, at least for me, I don't mm-hmm. want to speak for you, Carla, but I know for me that would eliminate right. feelings of dismissiveness for me, you know? Um, right. Uh, you know, otherwise it feels like a it feels like a talk to the hand moment, right? <laughs> right. Um, right. Right. So, but really good. I love I love what you both uh, uh, said that you took away from it. Just a couple of observations uh, that I made as I was listening to the whole conversation is that clearly, Charlie, we're dealing with two people here who are very highly emotionally intelligent. I mean that's mm-hmm. that's pretty clear. They're you know they're already like fifty percent, sixty percent of the way there with acknowledging and and being able to monitor mm-hmm. their emotions and and not let them get the best of it. And so I I recognize that these uh, things can be much more challenging for people that don't already have that um, under their belt. Um, so I just really, really want to acknowledge both of you uh, for the level Absolutely. of emotional intelligence that you displayed. You know, and Carla, I noticed you know your tendency to reframe. Uh, the conflict in ways that are much more productive as well. For example, referring to becoming spirited, demonstrative, and animated versus other words that people often use to describe one another (laughs) when they're having those moments, right? (laughs) And I think it's really helpful. That's a sign also of some really high emotional intelligence, that kind of reframing, because otherwise we just throw trigger words at each other that just send the amygdala's response into orbit. Like, stop being so crazy. You're being nuts, you know, this kind of stuff, right? And it may feel that way, and we want to say that, um, but it's so helpful when we're able to create some other language around it. Um, so uh, I wanted to, uh, to acknowledge that. Um, I also wanted to point out how uh, hopefully everybody who's listening noticed how initially how um, Charlie summarized Drew's initial comments. And then he did the same for Carla. That's the acknowledging and the validating that we talked about early. So I really loved your role modeling of that. Um, and, uh, and then I guess, you know, just a self-observation on my part that came up for me <clears throat> is that I get frustrated that these issues tend to get packaged. It's like if, you, if you're mm. fiscally conservative, then 
there's a higher likelihood that you also have less of a favorable view, in my opinion, on things like civil rights um, and stuff like that. Um, and I mm-hmm. think that's often hard for people to, to get past um, and to work around. Um, and another one of my own weaknesses, too, is that every time Trump does say something, um, what's hard for me to listen to what he said instead of how he said it is because I assume malintent or stupidity, and I can't see past that. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing mm-hmm. that that's my amygdala kicking in. Um, you know, it's like I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt because I really believe his agenda right. is is intentionally harmful and wrong. And I don't know how to get past that sometimes. Right. But I think your techniques are really, really terrific for that, Charlie, for beginning to get there. That's great. Um, yeah, and that's so, the mindfulness yeah. piece, too. I think you just, yeah, that's the mindfulness piece, too, of just noticing how quickly we go into judgment. And that doesn't mean our judgments are, you know, all our ideas are wrong, but, but having that self-reflection allows us not to get spun up in them too much, you know, and, and, and can stay, yep. stay calm. So I so appreciate it. Absolutely. So great. So I'm going to bring us to a close because um, we're almost at uh, 30 minutes past the hour and uh, we're going to get cut off at precisely the 30 minutes past the hour. So Drew, Carla, thank you so much for being on the show and for being, allowing yourselves to be so vulnerable and open tonight. I really, really appreciate that. Well, Well, thank you. Thank you also. It's very, very, very informative. Great. Certainly. Well, yeah. good. I so good. appreciate you guys. You guys good are stuff. We appreciate it. Great. So thank you both very much. And uh, and then Charlie, I, thank you so much for being on the uh, on the show this evening. Um, I really appreciate it as well. And this is really informative, really helpful. Um, so beyondpolarization.com is your website. Anything else you want to say about uh, people reaching you and how to reach the project, or any final comments? Great. Uh, okay. Thank you. Well, thank you. All so much. Thank you. Thank you, Carla and Drew. And, and I, I love this work. I, I feel the importance of it. I think, I think we all share that. And I'm, I appreciate it too, because I'm always learning more and I, this work is developing. So um, I, I, I'm really grateful to get to do this and get to be on the, on the show with you guys and, and practice more. I love, I love doing this. And, and I've just been compiling uh, resources on the website on, on beyondpolarization.com. So on the website, and it's, it's developing more, but on the website now are these five steps, um, and that's available for download. You can go on to beyondpolarization.com and download that, and there's also a, a simple mindfulness um, exercise or that's a recorded that you can download there, and there's more and more resources that are going up on the website. So that's available Great. for everyone, um, and um, yeah, it's welcome. And they can also contact me through that if Great. anyone has, wants to contact me. So they can contact you directly through the website. Wonderful. Wonderful. Great. Well, Charlie, thank you. Thank you very much. This has been a really uh, terrific episode of Mark My Words. Well, that about wraps it up for tonight, as I invite you to mark your words if you'd like. If you have feedback about the show, just go to markmywordsradio.com and scroll down to the feedback link. If you'd like to follow the Life Coach Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, just visit us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash lifecoachradionetwork and then click on the follow button. Also, visit our website at www.lifecoachradionetworks.com and learn about all of our networks. 
I hope you enjoyed the past hour and that you found it engaging, enlightening, and stimulating. You can listen to Mark My Words live on the first and third Sundays of every month at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, as well as listen to any previous show from my archives at markmywordsradio.com and on iTunes by searching Mark My Words. I look forward to speaking with you all again next time. Thank you for listening to Mark My Words. I'm Mark, and those are my words. Good night. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.